Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 63. I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman. Dr. Chuckles over there. We're in a hurry because he's got 57 side jobs. So he spent the first 10 minutes of this podcast before we went on air talking about himself. And now he's trying to hustle us along. Rick, how are you doing, uh, my man? I'm good. I mean, the introduction to this podcast just gets me going in the morning. I mean, your enthusiasm, your energy that you bring to this show and me just supporting you through this. It just brings a tough every day to me. You are my therapy dog. I say that all the time. Now, if I had to guess, I would imagine you wake up naturally, like you wake up at 448 every morning. But if you didn't, might you think about using this introduction as your alarm? Uh, no. OK. Fair enough. <laughs> no. Do you, in fact, use an alarm? No, I don't I need know it. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that one time in the combine, we had three uh, Michelob light uh, ultras uh, on, and ice. You, uh, on ice and you were late to the set. You were very late, by the way. I don't want to. Get into that. That's a story. 15 minutes early. I'm late. <laughs> yeah, you were. You looked disheveled and and concerned when you rolled into uh, the set there at the combine. But uh, that's a story for another occasion. All right, today what are we doing here, Rick? Who are the top 25 players under the age of 25? That's what we're talking about. Is a quarterback or perhaps another position hmm? in the top spot? Which player just missed the cut? And which rookies will definitely be on the list a year from now? We're talking about all that on today's show. And in case you missed it in the last podcast, Rick and I talked about those young quarterbacks we expect to make the leap from average to faces of the franchise this upcoming season. No surprise that Trevor Lawrence made the list, but so too did names like Kenny Pickett and Daniel Jones. Check out the show to see the entire list. That's all in the old podcast feed. And coming up next week, a week from today, it is officially time to look ahead to the 2023 college football season and more generally the old 2024 NFL draft because that's what we do around here. We're firing up. Our summer scouting series starting next Thursday, and we'll go with the quarterbacks first. Then we'll go position by position for the rest of the summer as we get ready for the return of college football, which is just over two months away. And a programming note, which I just found out about in July, we're going to go just to one day a week on the podcast on Thursdays. We'll be doing the summer scouting series. And Rick informed us, Debo, that we might even have some very important guests in the NFL world join us next month as well as. I, I do not make promises. All I'm doing is just trying to the team be after a quick break. Rick, what do you guys do between now and what do you get two weeks off? What do you do for the next two weeks? 
Uh, this is a time where you try to at least catch your breath. You have your phone by your side all the time because, uh, you know, this is when you're praying. No, none of your players get in, into any off-field incidents during this break between the end of OTAs and mini camps and heading into training camp. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show or not, but I did have a – we went on vacation to Lake Tahoe. Did I tell you this story? Yeah, you like the one you turned your phone off for three hours and had four thousand messages. Yeah, that that one. So those are the type of things you do not want to uh, hopefully have to deal with. Uh, but a lot of the scouts are doing like we're doing since our boss Debo there took away my summer vacation to do summer scouting, and so I started hammering away at the quarterbacks. And very interesting group coming up next year when we get into it. I believe a week from today. A week from today, indeed. Top quarterbacks in 2024. I've done four of them so far. It'll be very interesting what you think of them as well. Well, the good news is I only have to do two per Debo's instructions last week because you were being a smart ass. You have to do uh, you have to do another twenty eight, I believe. So you're yeah, I, I've got quarterback twenty five through thirty. So <laughs> so you're you're one seventh of the way through your homework, and I've already done Drake May and Caleb Williams. So I'm good to go. I love those guys. I think they're going to be good good players. That's what that's my scouting report. There you go, out on the limb, just like you do every time you go into the draft. Hey, listen, I can't wait though to hear your comps because we are one thing we're going to work on this year to help you is comps of players. I've been thinking about this, Rick and Debo. We'll see if we have time to do this starting next week, but Rick, if you can, you come up with a comp for each player, each of the quarterbacks that we talk about. I'll come up with my comp. Don't tell me. I won't tell you. We'll give Debo our list separately and we'll show the comps on the screen and listeners and viewers can say which person they think made the comp or maybe which comp is better. Maybe which comp is better is the best way to do it. And then when I win, you can apologize to me for having better comps. Do you want to put a dollar on each comp or a dollar on the position? Who wins the position on comp? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll make it like a Twitter poll or something. Let's do a dollar. Good Lord. I could lose a lot of money quickly doing this. <laughs> so uh, does that make sense, Debo? Yeah. Yeah. We'll right. run, uh, run a couple polls and get the results. And no cheating, Rick. No tipping your pick so people give you a pity vote. And I, I thought you were going to say no cheating, like manipulating the polls, but we know Rick can't get onto the internet, so we're fine. <laughs> Great news, though. Rick is on Paramount Plus, and Rick explained it. So I, you called me, and how long was that conversation before you got on Paramount Plus? Oh, 15 minutes, maybe? Not even, because I had to run out to go to the my 11-year-old's, uh, music, his little music show thing. Which was it, not on Paramount Plus. But. That was not the, it Actually, it wasn't bad, because it was a high school kids, but it was okay. It wasn't on Paramount Plus, but it took him five, took me five minutes to get you set up. So I think you just use that as a, as a cry for attention. So I hope it <laughs> I hope it worked out for you. All right, before we get going here, because Rick has a side job to get to, uh, remember... You can hit the thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. You can always find us at NFL on CBS, and it really helps promote the pod to folks who might not otherwise know we exist. And please, as always, don't forget to subscribe. And uh, if you like what we do, think about leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And as Mac and Pat P always say on all things covered, tell a friend to tell a friend. All right. So, Rick, our guy Cody Benjamin at CBSSports.com, Eagles fan who lives in Minnesota, wrote up last week, Actually, wrote up on my birthday, June 27th. Shout out to Cody for that. The top 25 players under 25 for the 2023 season. And the list is littered with quarterbacks. No surprise there. But let's let's start at the top. A guy we've talked about, a guy you drafted, and you made a, a note last week that he has a great chance to be the highest paid 
player in the NFL who doesn't throw a football for a living. Justin Jefferson is number one on this list. He's ahead of Joe Burrow, who's not 25, so he's on the list, but he's ahead of uh, Jalen Hurts, who's on the list. He's ahead of Justin Herbert, another quarterback on the list. How are you with the notion that Justin Jefferson, age 24, fifth wide receiver taken in that 2020 draft, just behind, uh, what's his name, Jalen Rager, being number one on this list? I, I, first question is, is how does Debo feel about it? Do you think this is justified? <laughs> how do you feel, I Debo? I mean, he's at his position, he's he's more elite. But, I mean, if you weigh the value of a quarterback, you guys tell me. Yeah, that's where I'm at, Rick. Like, if I'm starting – I, I come from this at, from the perspective of if I'm starting the football team, and I love, love, love Justin Jefferson – but I'd be hard-pressed. And Trevor Lawrence, obviously, is another name you'd throw in the mix from the quarterback position. If you have Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert sitting there, and you're the general manager and you draft Justin Jefferson, uh, you will not make it down to the press conference to explain the pick because you will already been fired on the walk. And doing a podcast. <laughs> you be doing a podcast with me. <laughs> but again, like we love Justin Jefferson. You obviously like him a lot because you drafted him and you know him better than anyone. But if you're starting a football team, you start with a quarterback. Does that sound right? Yeah, I know. I agree. That's the number one position. That's why he he may be the highest non-quarterback right, right. being paid. But just look at what a receiver does for a quarterback. Now, I'm saying Joe Burrow is elite. I'm not saying that, but Jamar Chase and that crew uh, help him a lot. Uh, look at Jalen Hurst as soon as they did. Uh, they traded for AJ Brown. Yep, that really helped him as well. So I don't, you know. Everybody wants to devalue the running back positions. Now you're trying to devalue the receiver position, which to me is passed up. The running back position is one of the, if not the most important non-quarterback positions on on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and we talked about it last week with the quarterback podcast, and you just mentioned it there, how the wide receivers have elevated these young quarterbacks. Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, Jamar Chase reuniting with with uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati when they were together to LSU. Justin Jefferson, what he did for Kirk Cousins, who isn't a young quarterback, but he's a veteran quarterback who certainly benefited from a great player showing up alongside Steph Diggs and, and Adam Thielen. Um, so I and think you're, when they traded for Tyreek Hill and uh, and they have Waddle. So that's right. Tua and, and Tyreek and, and Jalen Waddle as well. So I I get it, and I'm not even mad at it. I'm not going to push back too hard on it. Justin Jefferson is incredibly important to to what the Vikings do, and uh, as you've noted. Countless times in recent weeks, he's gonna he ain't going anywhere. If you're Minnesota, you're not letting him go, and he'll probably be the highest paid non quarterback in the league. And I don't think anyone will be angry about that. So I, I get all those things. So I mentioned some of the quarterbacks. We talked about Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence. So Jalen Hurts is number two on this list, and that's because Cody is probably an Eagles fan. Also because Jalen Hurts had a fantastic season, let's be real. He's 25. Justin Herbert is number six on this list. He's also 25, and then number 12. And this probably made Pete Prisco very angry because Pete Prisco is the official and unofficial president, vice president, and treasurer of the Trevor Lawrence fan club. 23-year-old Trevor Lawrence came in at 12. Do you think those rankings sound about right for the quarterbacks? Would you shuffle them around? Would one be higher than the other? What do you think? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to have to jump on Pete's bandwagon, on the Trevor Lawrence bandwagon. You love, you love him, Trevor Lawrence, too. I, I really love Trevor Lawrence, and then I thought he was rated way too low. I think he should have been in a top 10, and if you're ranking those quarterbacks and you're talking about uh, Jalen Hurst and uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, 
I'm not so sure that Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be in front of both of those guys. All right, let me. I, I'm okay. I'm going to try to explain this, and hopefully, it makes sense. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Cody's write up on Trevor Lawrence, who's in the 12th position, just behind at number 11, center Creed Humphrey for the Chiefs. And that's a hard sell, just on paper, but we can talk about that later. But let's assume that the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles, the team that went to the Super Bowl, Debo's favorite team on planet Earth. Let's assume instead of Jalen Hurts, they had Trevor Lawrence. Are they going to be as good as they were last year? Better. You what? Better. Tito, what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> he laughed at you, Rick. No, I, I, there's I a very. I'm the one that's supposed to laugh at everybody. No, <laughs> I know. He couldn't. I, that it. was that was a legitimate laugh. Um, <laughs> and trust me, they don't come often with a brick. <laughs> That, you know, if we're having the conversation for the next five years, I think a very fair conversation for last year, for a second year, Lawrence, I, I don't see that. Let me double down even further. What about, so, um, who was the offensive coordinator that, that left to get the head coaching job? Steichen. Steichen, thank you. So Shane Steichen went to Indianapolis. Obviously, Trevor benefited from having Doug Peterson in Jacksonville with him. You think Steichen would have the same sort of effect on Trevor that he did on Jalen, Rick? My point with Trevor Lawrence is with the debacle that he had to go through his yeah. year. Okay. And let's say that uh, Doug Peterson and that crew got a hold of him his rookie year. Okay. And let's say his rookie year looked like this year. And where do you think his second year is going to go? His arrow continues to go up. And he had some bumps in the road in the first half of the season. But – he just has something unique. And when you watch that playoff game and how he was able to bring that team back, uh, and I think they have good personnel, but they don't have the elite personnel yeah. like Philly has. Okay. Imagine Trevor Lawrence behind with uh, Smith and A.J. Brown uh, and, and that crew. Are Dallas you- Goddard, yep. So I, I think that Trevor Lawrence is catching up and is going to pass by those other two quarterbacks in front of him on this list. All right. No, that, that makes a, you make a good point. Josh Julie in, in the comments, who's watching the show live on YouTube. He agrees with Rick uh, Debo, please. And, and Sim Stein as well. Please ban both those guys because anyone, Oh, Oh, Sim agrees with Debo. Okay. So Sim, you're good. Josh Julie, if you agree with Rick, I got some bad news for you. Let me ask you one more sort of follow-up to that, Rick. You talk about the playoff game against the Chiefs where the final 30 minutes, Trevor Lawrence was lights out. What if that had been flipped? What if he played lights out the first 30 minutes and just sucked beyond sucking the final 30 minutes? Our perspective, everyone, not just you, we would have a lot of conversations about, okay, who was this quarterback, right? Is that right or not? Oh, my God. What a shoulda, coulda, hypothetical, oh, this hypothetical, that. You know what we do for a living, Rick? Look at the facts. <laughs> Look what he did. Look how he played. The second half of the year, once he got underneath the system. Okay. All right. Is a phenomenal young quarterback. I'm not disputing that. I think he's great. Up there with the Burroughs, with the Josh Allens of the world before it's said and done. And okay. mark my words, and right. Debo, please pay attention. If we're still blessed to be on this podcast five years from now. Oh, gosh. Uh, Trevor Lawrence will be the best quarterback of that crew that's on this list today. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I get you. You're, You're like that. Wait five years or? I, what, you want to do a dollar bet next year that he is better than Hurst and better than uh, Ooh. Ooh. Herbert? All right, Rick, you're getting, you're getting over your skis on this one. You want to make that bet? 
I'll make that bet. I've got full faith in Doug Peterson and how they're handling that quarterback and what Trevor Lawrence will become. So next summer, like 12 months from now? Yeah. Who's who's making the call? Like what are, what metric are we basing? Yeah, what's on? the uh, how do you measure the productivity? What you want to go? Uh, All three of us are going to disagree because we probably disagree on the three right now. Right. Whoever I don't know. You make up your metrics or whatever gives you guys <laughs> the best opportunity to win. You don't <laughs> and win. you'll still okay. win. Uh, most rushing yards. Either of you, lo- you lose. Both of you lose. So. Did you hear that, Rick? Debo wants to go with most rushing yards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm right. Justin, uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, he went for 1,100 yards. I guess he does beat Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts, you don't want Jalen Hurts running that much. All right, so we'll, we'll circle back to that, but I think that's something that we're going to definitely bet before the season because my list right now, just because I'm sentimental, is Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence. And your list is what, Rick? Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Okay, and Debo, do you have Jalen number one? Yes. Okay. And number two and number three, Rick, just in case you're wondering. He was he was the MVP of the league last year. In my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Again, for projecting out into the future, maybe, but I don't get how based on on history you could say that. Oh God. Well, all right. That's how many times Jalen Hurst had to come from behind to come from behind victories. Is that his fault that the team was so good? There we go. Now you're throwing me. Well, what if Justin uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence did the opposite last year in that playoff game? Rick is grumpy. grumpy. Oh, you guys make no sense in what you're saying at all. All right, let me ask you this, Rick, just to get you back on, on topic here. Getting away from the quarterbacks, we're a little bit looking at Cody's list. Again, you can find that on CBSports.com, the top 25 players under 25 years old. Uh, when the season starts, or 25 and under, I should say. So Jalen is number two. Jalen Hurts is number two. You think Trevor should be up there, and I, I get that. 12 does feel kind of low. Number three is Nick Bosa, and number four is Micah Parsons. Should Micah be higher? I think he'd go with either. I think Micah should probably be ahead of Bosa just because he's been healthier and has shown more durability, and I think that Nick Bosa's again an elite pass rusher, plays on an elite defense, but so does uh, Micah Parsons. And Micah Parsons, to me, they do so many different things with him. They move right. him around. You know, Dan Quinn does a phenomenal job. I bet they'll do a lot of different things with him this year. I would just have them. They're both phenomenal defensive pass rushers, but I think that Micah Parsons gives you more versatility than Nick Boza does on where you can line him up in the defense. When, and you can see the, the write-up that Cody had on Michael Parsons, if you're watching on YouTube right now, his position is defensive and outside linebacker, but it, it should just say athlete. Is that what you put it like for, uh, for a guy who can do everything? Athlete? Yeah, playmaker. What about during the draft process when Michael was coming out of Penn State? He opted out the final year, the COVID year. And I got, I would imagine you guys are pretty interested in Micah. Did you have any inclination that he could do defensively what he did? Because he was off-ball linebacker in, what, 2019 was the last year he played college football, I believe. And I remember watching his tape and thinking, this guy is explosive. But I had no idea of the versatility, the strength on the edge, the quickness off the edge to do the things that he's done in Dallas. Yeah, no, we were big fans. There were some, uh, a little bit of, I wouldn't say, not to, to – uh, how the best way to put it, kill him 
on this, but there was some a little off field concern. Oh with- no, that there was a thing that happened his freshman year. I think he's yeah. talked about that. Those things, that's right. Those were concerns, and maybe that's why he slipped a little bit. I don't know, but those things were out there for sure. That's right. Yeah, but no, he was a uh, phenomenal player at Penn State. There's no question about his his ability, and may have slipped just a hair because of some of those off field concerns. Did you talk about playing him outside though, or you didn't get that far down the yeah. road? We no, we knew we weren't going to be able to. <laughs> okay, fair so, enough. <laughs> it was like, let's kind of focus on the guys that we think we want to be where we're going to be picking. Okay, so you weren't spending a lot of time on, on Joe Burrow, for example. Like you would watch him and then you'd move on. Yeah, Is that I, time? I do our due diligence and then yeah. move on. I mean, why we sit there and talk two hours about Joe Burrow when we have no chance to get him at all? Because you want to get back to talking about Trevor Lawrence. That's why he said, "Listen, enough about Joe Burrow. Put the Trevor Lawrence state back on. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence because he's going to be." You're the best only player. a couple picks away, though, right? If if you had 14 in that draft and Parsons was 12, uh, oh, that's the draft you traded down with Darisaw. Is that right? Was that Darisaw draft? Yeah, that was that was 21. Because 20, you took Justin. And then 21 draft was – that's Micah. That's right. So you traded up from 14 to 23, I believe, I'm going off the top of my head here. And you – I don't know how you got Darisaw trading down that far, but it still worked out for you. So that, you were – okay, you were two spots away. So there was no conversation about Micah? Oh, there was conversation. Okay, okay. I'm just saying that we didn't think he would fall down to us. But gotcha. that's an example is that you still – even though you're anticipating that he's a top 10 player – you never know, so you do have to be prepared right. and go through scenarios like that after we had the board stacked. What if, what if, what if? What you know what that's called, by the way? Huh? Those are called doing mock drafts. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. And the, and the one thing was it wasn't, if I recall, as huge of a need, uh, but you never pass up a player like this because uh, we had just extended Eric Kendricks. We had Anthony Barr at the time. We had Daniil Hunter, who was rolling at the time, who we just gave a bunch of monies to, uh, I believe. So it wasn't as big of a need as it was at left tackle. Yeah, That's the conversations when you have in these drafts. Okay, do you take best available or do you try to fill a need? And then, then to me, you follow your board on how you have those guys stacked. But I can tell you, Micah Parsons was stacked up there on our board pretty high, really high. Well, you've talked about this all throughout the draft process too. You're not making these decisions in real time because you got everything clustered and stacked and you're just checking off boxes when you get to draft night, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's no no discussions on draft night. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and take uh, continue to look at, at Cody's top list here and we'll talk about guys that are ranked too high and guys that are ranked just right right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, remember you can always watch us live on YouTube at NFL on CBS and subscribe to the podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Rick, let's take a look at some guys who are ranked too high. Coming in at number 25 on the top 25 list of players 25 and younger. Quarterback from Chicago, Justin Fields. He's just 24 years old. I think he, uh, as I mentioned, ran for over 1,000 yards last year. Seemed to come into his own and make a lot of progress over the course of the season once they tried to tailor the offense more to, to his strengths. 
this year it feels like a pretty important year for him, but you feel like maybe perhaps he shouldn't have made his way into this list. Is that right? Not because of his ability to run the ball or his playmaking ability. I just didn't know if he was a complete quarterback right now based off last year. And they, I believe, had the lowest amount of passing attempts out of any team in the NFL last year. So if he turns into a better passer and uh, makes more plays as a thrower, then I would totally justify Justin Fields being on this list. But when you looked at him at 25, and I recognize what he did with his legs and seeing some of the other players that were honorable mentions that we'll get into later in this podcast, teaser, uh, that I thought some of those guys should have been a little bit higher than Justin Fields. I get it. Uh, you're not going to get much pushback on me uh, on that. I think it's not entirely Justin Fields' fault because of the offense they were running, but it, it is what it is, and and perhaps uh, some other names on the list, and, and we'll hit some honorable mentions, names that didn't make the list, names we think should have made the list later in the show, and perhaps he could have been re- replaced by some of those guys. But again, big year for him this year. I think that Bears fans are happy with the progress he's made and, and are looking for him to take that next step so they can be competitive in a division that no longer includes good old Aaron Rodgers. All right, my list, or my player who I think is ranked too high, and this, I actually don't I don't feel great about what I'm about to say because I think he's incredibly important. It's just the position he plays. Raiders. I, I, I've been up all night waiting for this one. For the explanation? Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm not, it's going to be a, a – I usually give – Weak arguments, this is going to be weaker than normal. Josh Jacobs, the running back out of Vegas, he's ranked 16th, so bottom half. But, man, look at this. If you're watching this gra- the graphic on YouTube that Diva just put up, NFL ranking rush yards first, Rick. Rushing first downs first. Tackles avoided first. PFF rushing grade first. Okay, so, Wilson, what are you bellyaching about? Nothing. Like, I really don't have the, – the issue is he plays running back, and sometimes you feel like you can replace those guys. Go ahead, Rick. Do you actually try on this podcast to come up with the correct answers to Debo's this list? Question? I will give Cody Benjamin credit. He he put together a pretty solid list. Like I, I have very few complaints, and I actually rank these players by their um, uh, their value as Pro Football Reference does it. They have a metric as well, and Josh Jacobs <laughs> ranks pretty high on that too. Among the among all the the players twenty five and younger, it's just that he plays quarterback, and in fact. I'm going to read the list of running backs who are age eligible, Rick, and you rank them for me because this list, this is pretty tough. Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce, Ken Walker, the third, Najee Harris, Isaiah Pacheco. Like those guys are all in the same bucket, but I think Jonathan Taylor's one and maybe Josh Jacobs is one a, then after that, you got a lot of really good football players. Do you feel differently about any of that? No, they, the other guys are not in the same class as Taylor and Jacobs, and Jacobs is ahead of Taylor for me right now just because oh, okay. Jacobs and Taylor's their whole offense, I understand, in, in, last year in the Indy, but he didn't stay healthy and missed time. Jacobs was the whole offense in Vegas, and he stayed healthy. And I think he had, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 49% of the offense went through him. You're making me look worse. Go ahead. So (laughs) what he did in the passing game, what he did in the running game. But for you to say that. (laughs) I think you should have been ranked 17th and not 16th. How about that? That's how high I think you should have been ranked. (laughs) Just try. Just when you get this subject matter, just try to do what you think is best. 
All right, what about this? It, it, it was tough, and the only reason was because, and that's why I didn't I, I didn't put up much of a fight. Maybe Jalen Waddle at 14 is a little too high. Yeah, I would put Jacobs ahead of Jalen. What Josh Jacob means to the Las Vegas. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Are you kidding me? Ryan, who behind Jacobs, 17 to 25, should jump him? Let's see. So, I mean, not DK Metcalf, not Quentin Williams. Rashawn Slater was hurt last year. He's 19. Really good player. Maybe he's too high on this list. Not Garrett Wilson. Um, Panay Sewell, would you rank him ahead of him at 22? Ahead of Josh Jacobs? Yeah. Absolutely not. Oh, interesting. Okay. T. Higgins, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then, of course, Justin Fields is 25. So, yeah, there's no, the answer is zero, Debo. Yeah, all right. All right, I changed my answer to Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Rick, shame me in the change. I, I, look, I apologize, I apologize to Josh Jacobs. I didn't put up much of a defense anyway. I, I like him. He's incredibly important, as Rick notes. And by the way, if he – two questions. Well, one comment and one question. If he isn't a big part of this offense, this team is in deep trouble this year because Jimmy Garoppolo's health. And the question for you, Rick, is why in God's name were they playing this young man in week three of the preseason last year? Uh, that's the new regime and the way they do it. So, which is incredibly interesting, interesting, (laughs) you know, you know, maybe that's the way they want to make sure that he's on board wants to send a message. I don't know what it is. Um, but I don't know if, if I was in that position that I would have Josh Jacobs out there in week three of the final preseason game. All right, I'm changing Jalen Waddle. Also, Josh Jacobs is a fantastic person. Like he, I think he was homeless at one point, living in a car. Uh, before he he was he he wasn't recruited that highly until the end of the process. There's a lot of great things about Josh Jacobs. So I'm not going to contribute to the. I don't want to be part <laughs> of that. Your answers next show too. Yeah, hopefully, man. That's worse than your comps. Well, I had trouble. Just this list is I get like I said I give um. That's a good Cody list. It really is. Give Cody a lot of credit. All right, Rick, so that's J- why next episode, the only list that Ryan has to send, it's it's one person long, and it's Caleb Williams. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I can mess that up. Although, let's see, what's my comp for Caleb Williams? I'm going to go with watch this, watch this, Devo. I'm going to go with Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> oh, Rick is he can't control himself. He wants no, to do that. Please do that. Just, uh, uh, first round pick. And a dollar on the first. Uh, 2024 pre-draft look at these prospects. And if you actually say Caleb Williams is Drew Brees. Bledsoe. I, Bledsoe. I, Bledsoe. I will win a dollar. It doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> Any Drew that you want. Drew Carey. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. All right. Yeah. All right. I lost that round. Justin Fields, I agree, is probably ranked too high. I should have gone with Jalen Waddle. I was trying to be edgy and it blew up my face. My apologies to Josh Jacobs and Raiders fans. I love Josh Jacobs. All right. Man, I'm looking at some of these stats Steve put down here for Josh Jacobs. They're not helping my case. Led the NFL in rushing yards, second Raiders player to win NFL rushing title. The last one to do it. A little history for you. If I tell you the year, you'll get it. 1985, Rick? No, who? 1985 Raiders took him to the Super Bowl, ran all over the Washington Redskins at the time. Marcus Allen. Oh. All right. I, I've, I've lost focus and listening to what your explanations are. I'm sorry. I'll yeah, after, after the Josh Jacobs debacle, I don't blame you. One. Yeah, that, that one threw me for a loop. All right, let's go to players. I feel like we're doing the uh, three little bears here. Ranked just right. Which players were ranked 
perfectly, appropriately, according to Cody and his top 25 players, 25 and under, you have former right tackle moving to left tackle, first-round pick out of Iowa, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, he should have been, I believe he's the number one tackle on this list. Yep. Should be in the top 10. And uh, I think he's he was a phenomenal all-pro right tackle for them. They're moving him over to the left side. Down at the minicamp, when we covered minicamp, uh, and I understand they weren't in pads, but his athletic movement and how fluid he is, he is a left tackle athlete, and I think he'll make it to the Pro Bowl on the left side just as well as he did on the right side. And to me, he's one of the premier offensive tackles in the league right now. So, Former wrestler, which is no surprise coming out of Iowa. You like wrestlers. Yeah. Have you seen the clip of him? Did that go around the rounds when you guys were in the pre-draft process of him jumping out of the pool? Yeah. No, yeah, jumping out of the pool. Although I don't know if I believe all that stuff now that I'm learning all this uh, – <laughs> AI stuff, AI stuff, and <laughs> internet stuff. I don't know what to believe and not to believe anymore. Just like you said, Josh Jacobs was overrated. I just, I don't know. What I didn't say that. Don't put, don't put those words in my mouth. I don't. I got enough. I'm sure I'm going to catch enough flack as it is. Debo, where do you think uh, Rick gets his AI information from to think that Tristan Wirfs did not jump out of a pool? <laughs> I don't even want to guess. <laughs> <laughs> he got out of a magazine. He was reading. Uh, what were you reading? Uh, Reader's Digest. Or? Reader's Digest. You know the crossword. <laughs> What'd you say? What was that? Life magazine. Back life. Then? That's what I was trying to think of. Life. I couldn't think of life. You got it. Yeah, I think Tristan Wirfs. He's the first offensive tackle. He is two picks ahead of center Creed Humphrey, which is an interesting one, and I don't think it's a bad one, and something that a lot of people probably want to put on there. So, um, and the athleticism was a huge check mark for Tristan Wirfs coming out. There's some concerns about. Um, the rawness to his game. But again, athleticism can make up for a lot of stuff while you learn the nuances of playing a position wherever it is. And Tristan Marks has been really good. You don't think, will there be any hiccups as he moves over to the left side? Or you think it'll be pretty seamless? I think it'll be seamless. I Man. really do. Well, that's great news for Baker Mayfield. All right, my guy. I'll be interested to think uh, to hear what you think about this, Rick. I mean, this dude came out balling from day one to day, whatever the last day of, of week 17 was. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback for the Jets. Somehow not the first cornerback drafted last year. That was Derek Singley Jr., uh, who suffered injuries, but is a really good football player. Sauce has a lot of reasons to celebrate defensive rookie of the year. First rookie cornerback named as first team all pro since Ronnie Lott in 1981. Where did Ronnie Lott go to college, Rick? Ronnie USC? Yeah. Best PFF grade in the NFL by a cornerback, no matter the age or time served in the NFL. So Sauce Gardner, number seven, first cornerback on this list that Cody put together. He might go higher. Would you put him ahead of Justin Herbert at six? I think that I would not do that. No, I think he's, I, I'm going to agree with you. I think I like his slot at number seven. Um, but I just remember watching him play live Cincinnati and they played Tulsa. I think it was on a Thursday night or Friday night. I was at that game, and when I seen him come out of the locker room and just seeing how <laughs> this dude is built and then watched his movement skills during pregame and uh, warm-ups, I've never seen a guy with this length be able to bend in the twitch he got into Ooh. and out of this transition, and uh, you knew he was something unique. Uh, and I liked the tape on him a lot, but when I got an opportunity to see him play live and see him in person and see him move in person, uh, there was no question he had a chance to be special. And I think he's going to be a top corner 
in this league for a long, long time in a shutdown corner. Yeah. He's going to be up there for the Jets just like uh, Revis Island was uh, when he was back in his heyday. Completely different body type, Dar- Darrell Revis. Do you remember scouting Darrell Revis? Yes. What was special about him? A lot of similarities. Because um, he's not nearly as long. He's, is he 16? No, he's not as long, but the movement skills, just wow. the ability to shut down any receiver he went to. I mean, it's like all you have to do is we'll play defense with the other 10 guys. You just take care of that dude <laughs> right. and take care of the rest. And, and then I, you take out the other team's best player, and then yeah. it's 10 on 10. Yep. And uh, and I think Sauce will develop into a, a Daryl Revis. So Darrell Rivas was in the AP draft, uh, Adrian Peterson draft. I think Adrian went seventh. I can't remember. But anyway, Darrell went 14th. So you were such in love with Adrian Peterson, you probably didn't even remember Darrell Rivas' name or phone number. No. Uh, no, I knew who he was, but no, we were all <laughs> we were locked in on Adrian. Adrian Peterson probably could have played cornerback in a, in a pinch if you needed him to. So he was sort of a, a multi-purpose, versatile player. Uh, I'm going to say who this. The, uh, who was the first defensive back taken in that draft? That was a 2007 draft. E boy, I mean, who I drafted? Tell you, the team. you know who? I, I remember the the safety that went right before us because we were involved in trade conversations. Is this there the safety from LSU? LSU. Yep. Oh, yep. he went to Washington, right? Yeah. Landry. Yep. Boom. What's his first name? Laron. Laron Landry. The safety from LSU. Yep. Yeah, Washington has some curious picks if you go back through the years. Look, I liked him, but I didn't love him. I was Rick. Yeah, well, I was right in the heat of it. That was my first draft. No, I couldn't remember Marcus Allen because he was drinking Mad Dogs in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Mad Dog, Apple Mad Dog, whatever that was. No, it was grape, and it was a fine wine back in the day. Fine wine back in the day. And ever since then, he's been on Michelob Ultra with ice. Is that right? Yep, changed my life. <laughs> that should be a sponsor. You know, it's funny, Rick, a couple of years ago, Budweiser was a sponsor for uh, the pick six podcast and you could have gotten all sorts of free stuff, including probably an unlimited supply of Michelob ultra. Maybe next time. All right. So, um, no disagreement with sauce Gardner. I'm going to mention this, but just let me finish my thought before you get angry, Rick. We had Juju Brents on the set at the combine. He was incredibly long. And I talked about him in the fall, and you gave me a hard time about falling in love with Juju Prince in the fall. But they're the same size, he and Sauce Gardner probably, but completely different athletically because, because of the movements that you talked about, right? Sauce isn't as long as uh, Juju. I think but, he's 6'4", right? No. Sauce okay. is tall, but he's not 6'4". No. All right. So if you had any recall on anything that we do on this podcast, that would sure help the show. But Sauce Gardner was not. <laughs> this is why people think that you hate me, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> if I didn't ride you, then you know I hate you. I know. I don't care. I'm giving you a hard time. I'm looking up the stature. He's 6'3". Excuse me. Go ahead. And how tall was uh, Sauce? Sauce is 6'3". And how tall was Juju? Juju, I'm pretty sure, is 6'3". I'm going to look it up. as we. Sauce, as we... 33 and a half arms. Juju, 34. They're both 6'3". All right, I will now accept your apology. <laughs> the nerve of this man. Go ahead, but talk about the differences athletically. Oh, athletically, uh, Sauce is way twitchier. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sauce is way faster. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. Sauce can really, is not as stiff through his lower body as Juju is. 
And because sometimes Juju would get a little too handsy. And we saw that in the TCU game where he didn't fare well against Quentin Johnson. And, and look, no crime in having struggling against Quentin Johnson. And I love Juju Brents. I think he's going to be good in Indianapolis. But they're they're different different players. Sauce ran 4-4-1 his 40 time, and Juju was 4-5-3. 4-5-3 is plenty fast, and you're 6-3 with 34-inch arms. But it ain't 4-4-1. No, it ain't. All right. So we agree on Sauce's ranking at 7th. I mean, that's incredible. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about who should have made the list but didn't right after this. All right, Rick. I mean, this, like I said, I keep giving Cody plaudits for the good list, but there are a lot of names that were left off, and I'll, I'll read some that didn't make the list, and you can tell me who should have made it in your mind. Running back Damian Pierce just missed out. Kenneth Walker, or Ken Walker, as he likes to go by. Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, Pat Fryermuth of the Steelers, Kyle Pitts. Your guy, Christian Derrissaw, but instead, Jalen Phillips, who we talked about, who you think is going to have a big season. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the honorable mention list here. Tariq Woolen, who had six interceptions last year. Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety who played with your son in high school. You've known Antoine forever, and you coached his dad, or you were you know, the general manager when his dad was on, on the roster. But you're going with Florida State edge rusher. Burns. Yeah. Brian Burns. The edge rusher uh, down at Carolina. Who's uh, about to get paid. Is about to get paid. I think he does not get the same publicity that some of these other guys get. One, because he is in a smaller market yep. down in Carolina. Two, I don't think he's been on a winning team since he's been in the league. But if you look at his stats, when he came in as a rookie, he had six sacks, but then he went up to nine, nine, and last year, 12 and a half. Mm. And I think that this kid has all the makings of being one of the premier pass rushers in the league. I think you're really going to see him take off uh, again this year in double-digit sacks. I think he is smoother, I guess, if I was trying to – not as big because he was long and, and lean. Uh, but they're going to put him in a 34 outside linebacker role. He's always been at a defensive end role. I think that will just enhance his skill set even more. And he's coming off of ankle surgery. Didn't do a lot during the OTAs down there. But <clears throat> this guy is going to be a premier edge rusher. And when Carolina wins the division next year, oh boy, uh, that this guy is going to be a main part of it. So let me ask you a couple things about Brian Burns. Going back to his time coming out of Florida State, he was listed. I think he weighed – I'm not sure what he weighed at the combine. He may have drank a bunch of water. But he played around 230-ish, it felt like, and maybe even lighter than that in college, and that's clearly a concern when you're trying to transition to the NFL. He's listed at 249. I'm not sure what he plays at now. Was the weight a concern for you guys, and how does that relate to, say, Will McDonald the fourth, who the, the Jets had to draft at 15 yeah, or whatever? I think he was more productive than Will McDonald the fourth, um, but Will McDonald the fourth played out of position too. Yeah. But I just remember uh, doing Lindstrom, the guard at Boston College, and I mm -hmm. watched one of the games I remember watching was him against Boston College that year, and they could not handle him off the edge. Not a lot of teams could. So he he reminded me of a longer version of probably one of Debo's favorite players that's oh a edge rusher up in Philadelphia when he came out of Temple. Any guess Ooh. who that is? We know who that is. Debo. Come on. Uh, Hugh Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get Hugh Douglas's college, I will give you a dollar, Debo. And no, it's like Southeast. No. 
you lose. I don't know Hugh Douglas's college. Where do you go to college, Rick? Huh? Where do you go? He went to a Central Ohio. There's a small school in, in Ohio, oh. in, uh, Central State, I believe. I oh, remember, yeah. yeah, the only reason I remember Hugh Douglas is when I was in Detroit, I was just a scout at the time, so I was a runner at the Combine. And before they organized all the you know, formal interviews where you get 15, 20 minutes, uh, everybody was trying to get Hugh Douglas. And I was at his pro day, but I was sitting outside of the Washington Redskins, commanders now, but Redskins at the time, and they had him in that room for two hours. And I had to sit there and squat for two hours waiting for him to come out of that room because they did this eye test and all these different tests with the players. Uh, I believe Charlie Cashley was the uh, general manager. Yeah. But I remember that was the longest I've ever had to sit and squat on a player because it was a free-for-all when those guys came out of a team room. There were 15 guys waiting to grab certain guys, and he, Hugh Douglas was definitely one of those guys. And I remember just seeing arguments and – you know, even I was going to ask you, there were how many fights were there the combine trying to grab players? Oh, it was it was a free for all. Now, let me ask you this. Did you send the biggest meathead to be the runner so he could fight his way to get the player and bring it back to the no, team? He tried to do it with some dignity, at least. <laughs> but then all of a sudden there were side deals going on and there was a back door that you can sneak players out. And so there were five or six guys waiting for guys at the front door and there was a back door. So there were always these side deals going on where they would let him go out the backside and then the two teams would switch players before while everybody else was waiting out on the front side. So so wait, how did you end up, how did the league end up regulating all this? So it's certainly not as chaotic now. No, everything is organized now. Well, who stepped I, in? Like who's, is that Pete Rosell at the time or what was it? The, the, no, the, it was, no, it was Duke Babb. It was ahead of the combine. Gotcha. Okay. National. So the combine had to take care of it. Yeah. So the combine, ended up taking care of it. And I think a lot of it came from, you know, like when I was uh, co-chairing with a general manager's committee and things like that, we tried to do a lot of things. And I was on the, uh, the, the council for the combine as well on just how to make it more safer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Hugh Douglas was, uh, what was the one that I remember for two and a half hours. I didn't move. That's pretty crazy for 1995 someone to end up as a first round pick out of central state. Yep. Will it be uh, Ohio? In that draft, there was also Alcorn state with Steve McNair Ooh. and then Fort Valley state. Oh no. Who's Fort Valley state. Do you know that? Tyrone pool ended up going to the, the Panthers yep. and that was their first year, I believe in 95. Tyrone pool play, played a, he had a good career, right? He played for a little bit. Yeah. That was my area. My, was my bus area. Yeah, he Look played for 13 years. Yeah, nice. Man, 95, that's not that long ago. I thought it could, like it felt like it was the 60s you were talking about there. <laughs> Nothing. All right. Oh, you didn't even know Central State? That's uh, I got you. I knew, it was, I knew it was directional. I started to think about Jeremiah Trotter and Stephen F. Austin, but no, I did not know Central oh, State. Yeah, that, I'm the only one on this podcast that knew that. You are from Ohio, and you probably played Central State. Did you guys play Central State? No. Are you kidding me? That's a college. I was in high school. And I played. No, but even at Southern Illinois, it's not that far away. Southern Illinois, we were in the Missouri Valley at the time, and we were 1A when I was down there. We played Kansas, Kansas, 
uh, Illinois, New Mexico oh, okay. State, Tulsa, that whole, whole. Who's the best player you played against? Not name your brother. Boy, in college? Yeah. yeah I'm going to say the best quarterback I played against. Any player you want. Sean Payton. Oh, really? He was good? At Eastern Illinois. Yep. How about that? Because he's he, he's actually taller in person than he looks on the sidelines. He's probably six one. Is he? He's not as tall as you, though. No, he's just a hair under what I am. Okay, so he's six six feet or six one ish. Yep. Was he athletic? Got kitty run? No, he was okay. a passer, but very good passer. And, That's interesting. I love it. And their offense was known as Eastern Airlines due to their oh, that's great. passing attack that frequently topped 300 yards per game. <laughs> Had 509 yards in one game, probably against Rick. <laughs> Eastern Airlines, you know what that is, Debo? Uh, they used to be. They used no, to be. A, no. It used to be an air. It used to be like Piedmont was an airline. It's like a U.S. Well, it's not U.S. Air anymore. Uh, it's like American Airlines now or, or Delta. Rick's a Delta guy, but Eastern was the best defensive player I didn't play against because I was a linebacker, but saw play. Who? And then we played in the national championship game when we dropped from one A down to at the time one double A. Yeah. Clyde Simmons out of Clyde Simmons. Where did he go to school? Did he play for the Cardinals? I'm trying to remember where he played in the NFL. He wasn't he with the Eagles too there, Debo? He may have been with the Eagles. Oh yeah. Where did Clyde Simmons go to college? He came in without you cheating, going on the that internet Google search crap. I, I did not know his alma mater. Western Carolina. Oh, Cullowee, North Carolina. Yeah. I should have gave you a hint, uh, Ryan. That was in your neck of the woods. Yeah, near Asheville. Yes. I've been there many a time. Yeah. It's it's a lot more fun when you're not scouting. <laughs> uh, going to going to Cullowee, North Carolina for sure. It's a it's a beautiful part of the state. All right, let's get to this because you got other things to do, Rick. We're not paying you to stay here for more than three more minutes. It looks like. All right, rookies guaranteed to be on the list next year. These are we're doing layups here. Ryan, who did you? Oh no, I haven't done my. Oh yeah, we got this. We got sidetracked with Brian Burns. Before we get to that. Because there's going to be a connection between my rookie and this player that should have been on the list this year. My guy, Aiden Hutchinson, first-round pick of the Lions, not this year, but the year before. He had nine-and-a-half sacks last year as a rookie. Three interceptions, three passes defended, two fumble recoveries. And you tell me, Rick, how is he not on this list? I don't know. He should have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that's my guy. I think... And, you know, we talked about the last podcast in reference to Pete Prisco thinking that Will Anderson, who went third overall, I believe, to the Texans after they traded back up, is not going to be a 17, 18 sack guy. Well, OK, fair enough. But if you put a, if he puts up Aiden Hutchinson numbers year after year, that's a slam dunk home run, whatever you want to call it, pick for the for the Texans, because that's highly productive. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, be a, he should have been on the top 20. I would agree with you on that one. All right. So let's look forward a year from now after Trevor Lawrence becomes the best player in the universe, according to Rick Spielman, we will talk about whether these players we're going to mention here actually, in fact, made the top 25 list of players 25 and under. You have, and these are both running backs to, to spoil it a little bit, and that's sort of the, the easy way out, but I think they have a chance to be uh, more productive than other players sooner because of the position they play. You're going to be John Robinson, yeah. taken by the Falcons, I believe eighth overall. Yeah, with Desmond Ritter, a quarterback, he's going to be the feature part of their offense. We've talked about him a million times going into the draft. <laughs> he's not hes not a running back. He's a playmaker. And I can't imagine to relieve 
Desmond Ritter of having to having to be the guy to win games, that B. John Robinson is going to be that guy. And he's got support with Pitts and with London. Those guys can stay healthy. Um, uh, so, But he's going to be the feature point of their offense next year and will definitely be on this list. All right, I'm going to push back a little bit because you made the case early in the podcast that Justin Jefferson is an example of a wide receiver being more important than a running back. And we'll just use Justin Jefferson, for example. They have Drake London, and the quarterback situation was a mess last year, so it's hard to, to measure whether Drake London was successful or not. He he needs someone to throw in the football. But let's say you have Drake London, you have the, the, the tight end, Kyle Pitts, and you just have Tyler Algiers, who's running back last year, who was pretty good. Is this team better with Justin Jefferson? Or B. John Robinson? Justin oh Jefferson. Okay, you're sticking to your guns. I like it. I like it. All right, we'll see. I like the B. John pick, and I think you're right. I just wanted to give you a, a question and put you on the spot there. You answer. You, you get a – I'll give you 50 cents for that answer. <laughs> Another good answer for you. That was a good answer. All right, B. John's a good answer. I'm going to go with the player drafted four picks later, pick number 12. Surprise to everyone except for probably Rick Spielman, although he won't admit it. Jameer Gibbs, running back slash wide receiver slash whatever you wanted to be. Christian McCaffrey, light. Detroit Lions took him. I think he has a chance to contribute right away. They traded their running back uh, to the Eagles, duped the Eagles into taking, um, who was it, Swift? Swift. Yeah. So Jameer Gibbs in that offense where Jared Goff has a chance, I think, to take another step and be a really good player. Amon Ross St. Brown uh, is on this team. He's also on the list of players 25 and under that are uh, among the best in the NFL. So one more piece to the puzzle. The offensive line is really good. Panay Sewell's on this list. We talked about him a moment ago. Uh, who is more productive, Jameer Gibbs or B. John Robinson, Rick? B. John Robinson because, okay. yeah, he, like I said, he's going to get the ball 100 times a game down in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, B. John was the highest drafted running back since Saquon in 2018. He went second overall. Um, fourth most rushing yards in Texas program history. You want to take some guesses of the, the the players that he's behind? Yep, I can tell you one for sure. Yeah. Ricky Williams. 100% Ricky Williams. Uh, Cedric Benson. Cedric Benson. And I don't know the third one. He played for the, I mean, I'm going to give it away when I said he played for the Oilers. Oh, Earl. Earl. Earl Campbell. Great player. Let me ask you this, and we'll get out of this. Would you rather tackle – this is Rick in his prime, whether that's in training camp or whether that's in southern Illinois. And uh, you're in a hallway that's, say, eight feet wide, so you can't get out of the way. Would you rather tackle Earl Campbell at top end or Saquon Barkley at top end? Well, make it a little narrower because okay. it's very stiff. So I would <laughs> okay. probably – and five, five feet wide. How about that? How, how about like this wide, just from – Fingertip to fingertip. Fingertip to fingertip. You got to tackle one of those guys. Uh, boy, I'm not going to hit Earl Campbell. <laughs> All right, Earl Campbell or Adrian Peterson? Ooh. Earl Campbell. <laughs> Adrian's a man. <laughs> yeah, that's where you just sort of give up. Yeah. They just say you're going to get a concussion and you're going to move on and lay down and recover. Especially playing that hard turf back when Earl Campbell was playing, I, that was the, the, a lot of defensive players took. Uh, I tell you a quick running back that yeah, my brother just a, another little uh, side antidote on this show is that I asked my brother who was the fastest running back he ever went against in his career. Yeah, Bo Jackson. He said, "Oh yeah, 
player I could not get to the sideline and beat. <laughs> uh, and the hardest running back he ever hit was Jerome Bettis. Really? And he stuck his arm out to try in the middle. He was like engaged in a block, stuck his arm out to try to trip Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis came with his thigh right up through his arm and actually tore his pec. Entire- oh, that's when he ripped his pec. That's when he ripped his pec, tried to arm tackle uh, Jerome Bettis. But Chris is so tough. What happened? Then he ended up keep continuing to play. <laughs> there was so much blood and everything that went into his pec that it actually split open. Oh, God. Uh, and I saw it after the game, and there was the doctors and trainers in there with their two fingers going oh. through the hole that had pusted through his uh, pec to try to clean out all the blood and tissues and everything. Then they sewed him up, and eventually he had to shut it down. But it was uh, – he said that was the worst – he's ever taken a hit was trying to arm tackle Jerome Bettis in between. There's no good place to tackle Jerome Bettis either. No, he's five ten. He's a bolt, like literally a bowling ball. Yeah. Chris showed me the, uh, injury. He put my hand on his, on his chest where it was. And it was a weird feeling when we were at the combine. Yeah. Well, uh, you and him got apparently real close <laughs> while I was trying to do the job and be on a stage interviewing players while you were sitting there <laughs> enamored with my brother, your favorite Spielman. <laughs> my favorite Spielman. All right. That feels like a great place to <laughs> Rick's trying to tackle Adrian Peterson. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a gif of a girl in a little John Deere tractor running over her brother. Get him, Rick. Rick. Ah! Use, your sh- use your shoulder, Rick. <laughs> Get your head up. Oh, that's great. All right. That's definitely a great way to end it. All right. That's it. That's a wrap on episode 63. Remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and please to make Rick happy, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review. Thanks, as always, to my guy Rick. Thanks to Debo for producing, and thanks to all you guys out there who are watching and listening. Have a good weekend, and we'll see you back here Thursday. Talking quarterback. See you then.